0: All she does is win, win, win. Lizzo just recently took home the Grammy for record of the year for it's about that time. However, that's not only her most recent win. She also scored a big win at the TTAB for her mark 100% that you already know the ending. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Trademark Turnout, a podcast where we discuss current events, news, pop culture happenings through a trademark lens. My name is Carleen Jean-Louis. I'm a trademark attorney, serial entrepreneur, founder of the KJL law firm PLLC, and your host for today's podcast. If you're tuning in, I want to extend a very big, warm welcome This is the inaugural episode of the podcast. So if you are listening, you are part of history in the making. Now, before we get into today's episode, I do have to let you know, although I am a trademark attorney and I will be discussing trademark issues, the information that's going to be provided on today's podcast is for information and or educational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice. Now, if you do need legal advice, please consult a local attorney regarding the specific facts of your case and or your specific legal needs. So let's turn up. Now, Miss Lizzo, honey, one thing she knows how to do, one thing she knows how to do is produce a hit. She is a multi-Grammy award-winning artist and also a award-winning producer for her show that launched on Amazon Studios last year, Watch out for the big girls. Now I tuned into the show and it was amazing. She totally deserved that award. But like I said, one thing Miss Lizzo knows how to do is produce a hit. And don't forget when she first launched in uh, 2017, her hit song, Truth Hurts, one lyric that stood out to a lot of people, and you started hearing everyone say everywhere everywhere was it turns out I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent that. Now listen, ever since then, ever since that song was re-released in 2019 and soared to the top of the billboard charts, that phrase has become more commonplace. Or so little thought. So being the empowered savvy business owner that she is brand owner that she is through her whole trademark holding company Lizzle LLC she submitted numerous applications for a hundred percent that to the USPTO or the United States patent and trade-offs Office for federal registration in order to protect her brand rights and make money, honey. The way we secure the bag is making sure we secure our assets. So, Miss Lizzo was making sure that she secured her intellectual property assets so that she could monetize and profit from her, her creative idea. And so, in June 10 of 2019, Miss Lizzo filed an application for trademark protection for 100% that with the USPTO, uh, an international class 25, which namely covered clothing, particularly t-shirts. And she filed that as a use-based application. Now, you may know or you may not know, but I'm going <laughs> to tell you if you don't know, that in order to file an application with the United States Patent and Trademark Office or the USPTO, which is how you get federal protection for your brand for trademark rights for your brand, you have to choose a filing basis. And most often, you're going to choose a use-based application or an intent-to-use-based application. And what that essentially means is if you're filing a use-based application, it means you're already using the mark in commerce. Now, in commerce is just a term that is in the trademark statute, the Lanham Act, which essentially means that you are conducting business across state lines. In today's world, in the today's day and age, most everyone, because of the internet, <laughs> because of the power of the internet and social media, is since from day one of launching their brand and or business using their brand and com- commerce. Now, the other filing basis most commonly used an intent is an intent to use basis for filing for federal trademark registration and intent to use just means that you're not yet using the mark in commerce but you do intend to use that mark in commerce in the near future and what is a benefit of a intent to use application is that if you have not yet used that mark in commerce you can establish a priority filing date and so it provides you up to 3 years or 36 months to use that mark and when you do uh, begin to use that mark. The priority file, the priority date for that registration will go back to the date of application. So, as concerns, one hundred percent that for clothing, Miss Lizzo filed that based on you saying that she was already using the mark in connection with T-shirts. She also filed an application in two thousand nineteen, June tenth, two thousand nineteen, based on intent to use for other clothing-related items, including baseball hats, things of that nature. Now, you can kind of, we're in 2023, so I'm talking about (laughs) applications that were filed in 2019. If you have filed for federal registration, particularly in the last couple of years, you know that. The trademark process is integral. It is so important to protect your trademark rights, but it can sometimes be a slow moving process. And that's without any obstacles or hurdles that you may need to overcome. in recent years, entrepreneurship is on the rise. As we know, uh, women, particularly women of color, Black women, are the fastest growing segment of entrepreneurs, and trademark filing applications have risen. So there is a backlog. So yes, Miss Lizzo filed a trademark application in June 2019 that is still pending in 2023, but at least for her, it has a favorable turn. It's not the ending of the process for application, but it had a favorable turn. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So Miss Lizzo files these June 2019 applications along with other applications for the same mark, 100% that. And when I use the term mark, I'm just referring to whatever is being trademarked. If you don't know what a trademark is, it's a name, phrase, slogan. Um, they say or device or any combination thereof that is used as a source indicator, and what that just means is that uh, the phrase, the name, the slogan, is used by consumers to identify the source of that good and or service. So, if I say the phrase "Just Do It," or you see the phrase "Just Do It" on a T-shirt, you already know the origin of that good because that phrase, just do it, operates as a source indicator for the consuming public. Now, just do it is a registered trademark of Nike. And so that means that when you see a just, when you see the slogan, just do it on a t-shirt, you know, it automatically lets you know that Nike is the creator or source of that t-shirt and everything you know about Nike, you associate with that good, meaning maybe for you, Nike is associated with high quality. Um, a lot, very, very often, Nike has done a tremendous job of using athletes to promote their brand. So when you think of Nike, you may think of endurance, of performance. All of these things, that's what's kind of referred to as goodwill, are associated with the mark, which lets you know who the creator of that mark is. So, honey, Miss Lizzo said, I'm 100% that, and I am a source indicator of that phrase. So, when people hear that phrase, they automatically think of me, and they automatically associate that phrase with me. So, turning our attention to those June 2019 trademark filings, particularly the ones for clothing, Miss Lizzo filed at the USPTO in June 2019, and in August 9th of 2019, a third party with no relation to the case filed a letter of protest. Now, a letter of protest is essentially a third party who's not a part of the case, um, submits evidence saying, hey, I noticed that this application was filed. It's being processed, but my rights and the rights of others may be negatively impacted by this application. So I'm finding a letter of protest. I'm protesting this application and I'm submitting evidence with my letter of protest to demonstrate how this application for this particular mark may negatively impact the rights of many others. Based on the letter of protest, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, or USPTO, examining a termine. Examining attorney, I can speak English. <laughs> examining attorney issued an office action, and so if you do not know, if you are not aware, every trademark application is ex- is assigned to a USPTO examining attorney, and this is an attorney who works for the USPTO who is assigned to a case to make sure that the requirements are met and that the mark that is seeking. Um, protection on a federal level is registrable with the USPTO. Uh, The examining attorney does not work for you. The examining attorney is not an adverse party in the traditional sense of the term. If you think of a criminal defense case and you're the defendant and there's a prosecutor, that prosecutor is bringing a case against you on behalf of the state or governmental body that he or she is representing that is an adverse party. Um, that person is seeking to affect your liberty interests. However, the examining attorney is essentially works for the USPTO, is a government employee who does work at a government agency. However, he or she is not adverse to you in the traditional sense. However, The examining attorney's interest is in processing applications in meeting the USPTO standards. So the examining attorney cannot give you legal advice. However, um, you can converse with the examining attorney if you are not represented by counsel and attorney and, um, they may answer minor questions, but they are not a resource for you in the sense of they are not there to assist you with the uh, with your application or help you with your application in that sense. In the sense of an advocate, they're just really there to examine the cases and make sure cases that they believe are registrable move forward with the registration process. So the examining attorney went back, took this letter of protest, said, "Hey." I'm going to issue an office action. An office action is just official correspondence from the USPTO. So an office action can be something minor, such as a procedural or administrative issue, or it can be a substantive refusal. The the examining attorney issued an office action on substantive grounds, essentially stating that because so many other people We're using the phrase 100% that in connection with clothing and clothing related goods, Lizzo could not serve as a source indicator for that mark for 100% that because so many other people were using that phrase in connection with clothing related goods. Now, here's the kicker. Oftentimes you may get a substantive. Office action from a USPTO examining attorney that you can overcome, but a failure to function refusal essentially saying that you 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 are failing to serve as a source indicator for the mark that you're seeking federal protection federal trademark rights in is patsy done. It's like a patsy is patty done for the trademark application. You cannot amend to the supplemental register. You cannot make an argument of acquired distinctiveness under section 2F. It essentially kills your application. So Ms. Lizzo gets this office action. And her counsel makes a number of arguments in response. So the USPTO issues an office action. You used to have six months to respond to the office action. They cut it down to three months. So half the time to respond now, effective late last year, late, late 2022. Now you have only three months to respond to office actions from the USPTO. And, Lizzo's counsel essentially responds and says, timely responds and says, all of the evidence you submitted essentially proves that Lizzo is a source indicator because all these t-shirts that are being sold are profiting off of Lizzo's name and likeness. For example, number of the items being sold on Etsy.com or Amazon.com included Images of Miss Lizzo or references to Miss Lizzo or even references to the lyric in question where Miss Lizzo um, obtained the mark, right? That lyric that I alluded to in the beginning. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that that's where the mark comes from. So uh, many people who are selling t shirts or clothing related items or wine tumblers and <laughs> things of that nature were associating their good with that mark. To Miss Lizzo's song. And so, um, counsel for, for Lizzo LLC stated this proves why she needs trademark protection because people are profiting off of the goodwill of her name, of her image, of her likeness, of her brand to make money. So, she deserves <laughs> trademark protection. Her counsel essentially argued the evidence submitted as part of the letter of protest actually proves Miss Lizzo's po- point. Well, when you submit a response to the office action, you can, you know, maybe the examiner thinks that she overcame the issue that caused the examiner to issue the refusal in the first place or they're unpersuaded. Well, here in this case, the USPTO examining attorney was not very much persuaded um, as counsel for Lizzo brought up the fact that, hey, Miss Lizzo, wrote a song, released it in 2017, re-released the song in 2019. And because she released this song in 2019, she took this phrase that was basically not known and made it a very well-known phrase. Well, child, the USPTO examining attorney said, okay, that... um, In addition to the failure to function refusal, now we're asking for information regarding who owns the copyright to that um, song in question from which this mark has come from. And also um, all these people you say are infringing on your brand, give us information and how you are policing um, or enforcing Mrs. Lizzo's rights. So another important factor is once you get trademark rights or once you have your, your trademark is uh, federally registered with the USPTO, it does not stop there. You have to work <laughs> to enforce your trademark rights. Um, you may not know Velcro. Actually, Velcro is still a registered trademark, and they are very aggressive, or I shouldn't say aggressive, maybe the better word would be proactive in enforcing their brand. So they have a number of educational materials saying Velcro, Velcro um, adhesive fastener brand, something of that nature, basically saying Velcro is something that's commonly used, but it's a, that's actually a trademark. And what you're actually referring to is like a shoe fastener or something of that nature. Um, things that were trademarks, but, um, kind of lost their, uh, trademark rights were escalator. Apparently escalator was a trademark that uh, failure to police that mark or enforce that mark, um, has made that mark die. Essentially they call it in the legal war on the legal realm generic side, where you, uh, do not police or enforce your trademark rights, and therefore, and then use of that trademark becomes so widespread, and uh, the use becomes so widespread that it's now generic. There's no distinctiveness. It's not unique anymore. Uh, think Google. <laughs> I'm not sure if there, uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but you don't say I'm conducting a web based search using the Google uh, browser or search. Bar, you say, I'm gonna Google that. So, Google is a registered trademark, and that's what you should be saying. I'm connecting a web based or internet uh, web-based search or internet based search, but we just say, I'm going to Google that band aid brand of you know bandages. That's what it should be. But we say, Hey, grab me a band aid. So, that's just a little primer on generic side. However, going back to the case at hand, the USPTO examining attorney, upon reviewing the response to the office action, the initial one submitted by counsel for Lizzo LLC said, it's still failure function. This is a motivational phrase. It's an inspirational phrase. Uh, they use the Urban Dictionary and uh, the Urban Dictionary defined that phrase as a, a woman everyone wants to be. Now you let me know in the comments. I um, don't, when I think of that phrase a hundred percent that I don't think of a woman everyone wants to be, it's definitely empowering. And you're saying like, I'm that chick, I'm it, I'm a boss in a sense, but a woman everyone wants to be, I'm not sure. But you let me know in the comments, if you agree with the urban dictionary definition. So the USPTO examining attorney says the urban dictionary says it's a woman that everyone wants to be. It's motivational. It's aspirational. It's used by so many different sources. People cannot come back and say that Lizzo is the source of this phrase. And so when looking at a failure to function issue, the crux or the essentially is how the consuming public will see it, the perception of the public or the consumers. And the USPTO examining attorney said, the public is going to see it as a phrase that's used by many people everywhere. It's an informational message at best. It is not It is not a source indicator. People do not associate that with just Lizzo specifically they see it everywhere they hear it everywhere it's used commonly in everyday speech by many different sources it's a motivational phrase conveying confidence and therefore consumers will not see the proposed mark as an indicator of the source of applicant's goods that's more <laughs> fluffy language well miss lizzo's attorney again responded and said miss lizzo owns oh i forgot to add this <laughs> Is this? No, this is later on, actually. I don't want to mess with the story. So Miss Lizzo's attorney said, actually, she owns the copyright to the song. I think it was either in this. So an office action issued, The not this was a final one, and the failure to respond to the request for additional information, like the request about who owns the copyright and how um, Lizzo LLC was enforcing and it policing its uh, trademark rights, if they did not answer those questions from the examining attorney, that could also issue in a denial of the application. So a lot of factors (laughs) that could have went to kind of just the denial of the application. So there was a final uh, additional office action that was issued. It was not final because the examining attorney raised two new points in that office action. The who owns the copyright to the lyrics in that song. And then also the tell me how you're policing that mark. Those are two no issues. After they received a response from Lizzo's counsel, they did actually end up issuing a final office action based on that failure to function and Lizzo's counsel after they received that final office action did two things. They filed a request for an appeal to the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board, and they also filed a request for reconsideration with the USPTO. So after you get that final denial, if you do want to take it to another level and have it reviewed, you have to file both of those things at the same time to preserve your appeal rights. If you file an appeal with the TTAB, you have to also file a request for reconsideration in most instances because the um, it's not... In the legal parlance, sometimes you have to, before you can appeal, you have to exhaust your remedies at the lower level. And so you do have to file for that at the same time. So what the TTAB does is just kick the, okay, we got your your appeal. We're going to suspend it, pause it over here at the TTAB while it's still... Um, undergoing reconsideration at the USPTO level. And if the, uh, the USPTO denies the request for reconsideration, then we'll resume the appeal. So that's what, that's what happened. But in between that final office action and the request for reconsideration, the USPTO examining attorney threw a little shade because they were like, actually, how can you claim to be the, uh, this is obviously paraphrasing, how can you claim to be the owner of this right when you got that phrase in your song from a meme on the internet. And as you all know, when (laughs) Truth Hurts ascended to the top of the charts, there was a little hoopla concerning um, authorship of the uh, song because Miss Lizzo even said in an interview that she drew inspiration for that particular lyric from a meme she saw on the internet. Later, come to find out, someone, you know, the author of that meme did, you know, raise her hand and say, Hey, I created that lyric that I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that, whatever. Later on, some individuals came and tried to claim, Oh, yeah, we were in that writing session too. Lizzo kind of blocked that and said, I'm not going to give you guys credit. But she ended up giving the meme creator a writing credit for that song. Go Lizzo, okay? But anyways, the usb 2 examining attorney just sprinkled a little bit of shade from my perspective. I'm not saying that was the examining attorney's um, intention, but was like, I'm not sure if you can claim ownership or you can claim that you're a source indicator when you did not originate that phrase and even have said in interviews that you drew inspiration for that phrase from a meme on the internet. Now, her attorney said, hey, notwithstanding the inspiration drawn from the internet, before 2017, people were not using this phrase. It was not a widely spread phrase. The um he uh, the her counsel also stated that, hey, it is commonplace for artists to trademark lyrics from their songs. Now, in his and uh, as part of the record, he included information regarding Miss Taylor Swift, uh, and Taylor Swift has a number of trademark registrations for uh, lyrics for her from for lyrics from her particular songs, including uh, the old Taylor cannot come to the phone right now um, for cell phone casings and things of that nature. So he and he also utilized an, another artist to demonstrate that artists do. Trademark phrases from popular hit songs, irrespective of ownership um, of that, of that, of that song, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, arguably, a artist doesn't have to author a song for him or her to perform it. Right. So he just irrespective of that, he just said, hey, artists do this all the time. Um, Liz will sing the song. It's a hit. She made it popular. All these people are benefiting off of her goodwill, her name, her image, her likeness. She should be, her, she should be able to protect her rights. The examining attorney, again, did not, did not buy that. <laughs> did not buy that. Did not buy that. And so the case continued on appeal. So on appeal, we talked about the case going to the TTAB and Lizzo winning at the TTAB level. So this kind of just highlights the importance of having someone knowledgeable and having an attorney advocate for you because he went through multiple levels of first office action, final office action, request for reconsideration. It went on appeal. And I, I mentioned earlier, affiliate of function removal um, refusal is essentially fatal. It kills the application. Um, so this attorney was able to make these arguments, submit the evidence, on the record, because if you don't have the evidence and you take it to the CTAB, they need that they, they they're they're going to make the decision on the record. Um, you're going to uh, p- practitioners at the appellate level. They do submit a a, an, a a brief, and that brief does include evidence. But you do have to preserve that record, okay? And so at the appellate record, we're going to say appellate. I mean appellate level for this um, for the purposes of this talk or a podcast, um, the burden of proof was on the USPTO. The USPTO had the burden of proof of proving that the mark that Lizzo was seeking to register failed to function as a mark, okay? Or Lizzo failed to demonstrate that she was the source indicator for the mark. The appeal brief essentially kind of reiterated that Lizzo's counsel submitted essentially reiterated a lot of what he had said at the USPTO level, but he finally was like, when you think of the phrase, you think of Liz, Lizzo point blank period. As soon as you hear that phrase, your mind associates that phrase with Lizzo because she has made the phrase so popular. He says it is an indicator of secondary source. That phrase is an indicator of secondary secondary source because Lizzo whose brand brand persona embodies and oozes and is just female empowerment, um, and self-love, like do you associate that mark with Lizzo period? The examiner said, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this was a little shady and I'm going to quote it. Trademarks and copyrights are separately acquired rights. And there's no precedent that ownership of a copyright and song lyrics transfers source indicating trademark rights for clothing goods to a singer who magnifies and assists in existing phrases popularity through her music all that to say he's saying there's no precedent really for automatically saying because you have a copyright in a song or a lyric that you automatically get trademark rights for clothing related goods um especially in a case when someone did not originate that phrase to begin with but they just made that phrase more popular. So I mentioned earlier that Lizzo's council submitted evidence of other artists who had trademark popular phrases or lyrics from their songs. And essentially what the uh, examiner said, and I believe also the TTAB said, was that Okay, we we that's cool, but we we're not even going to consider that. That has no bearing on the case in front of us because we don't take other cases into account. We're going to focus on our own paper. <laughs> we're going to focus on our own paper, and that's great, but that has no bearing on this case. We decide every case based on its own own merits. And so, the counsel for <laughs> Lizzo LLC, sorry, trying to get all my characters together, counsel for Lizzo LLC essentially said, Lizzo. Did not popularize, popular, popularize an already existing phrase or take an already existing phrase and appropriate it for her own use. No. Lizzo, again, oods female self confidence and empowerment, and she alone took that obscure phrase from the depths or from whatever pit it was in and lifted it and raised it up to ubiquity where essentially everyone everywhere is familiar with that phrase. So he's saying, well, you're saying she popularized the phrase. She didn't popularize the phrase, even though you're acknowledging that she did. She made that phrase. That phrase is what it is because of Miss L-I-Z-Z-O. Okay. That's what her counsel said. (laughs) So taking on in all of the information, taking in all of the evidence submitted below. The TTAB said, you know what? We took a look at all these briefs and we found out that Lizzo is 100% that source indicator. Yes, they did. They said, Miss Lizzo has proved her point. They have proved her point. The evidence does not show that the phrase in question is a common phrase or an informational message. They said, looking at the record as a whole, most consumers, most of the public would perceive that the phrase 100% that used on clothing and clothing-related goods would be associated with Lizzo rather than just a general everyday expression. Um, They said that, Trademark rights are not gained by creating a right. They quoted an earlier case, but through the use of that mark. So essentially they were saying bet. Child, she found the phrase on the internet, but just because you create a mark doesn't mean that you acquire trademark rights or you get trademark rights. It's through use. So they were essentially saying, "Miss Lizzo has used that mark, honey. (laughs) She has used it. And she has shown that she is a source indicator for that phrase. They also indicated that lyrics from songs are more likely to be connected to the individual who sings that song rather than the songwriters. So they kind of touched on a little shade that the examiner, I think, threw in there and said, uh, because like I was saying earlier, different people receive different varying credits for writing. Listen, the songs, if you looked at the Songwriter of the Year Award for some of these songs, some of these songs got 20, okay, 20 writers on it. All right. (laughs) So they were saying that most of the time the lyrics are associated with the artists and not necessarily with the songwriters. Chab, the TTAB said, evidence of the record here indicates that Lizzo in her hit song, Truth Hurts, popularized the, popularized the lyric and elevated 100% that from what may have been known as a lesser phrase to more memorable status. And they said something that underscored this point, Um, it appears from the opinion, or at least my reading from the opinion from the TDAB is the fact that people or the evidence submitted, the record did not demonstrate use prior to 2017. So they were like, hey, people wasn't really using this phrase before 2017 when that song hit. So yes, they refused, they reversed. (laughs) they reversed the refusal and sent it back. So what does that mean? The application lives to see another day, but all is not finished. That application was based on use for international class 25 clothing for the t-shirts alone, but that has to now move forward again through the process since it overcame that refusal. Hopefully there's no other issues that come up. And if everything proceeds uh, smoothly, it will go to notice of opposition, which is a 30-day period where they publish the mark uh, to allow people who think that their rights may be um, harmed by that mark being registered to respond. And then it moves forward towards registration. So y'all, that is how Lizzo LLC, Lizzo's trademark holding company, scored big at the TTAB. Now let me know your thoughts. Do you agree more with the USPTO examining attorney or do you see where her counsel is coming from? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. It was a pleasure. I'm so glad this inaugural episode is in the books, y'all. If you want more trademark information, tips, or news and happenings, please feel free to follow at KJL Law Firm on all socials or head over to www.kjllawfirm.com. It was a blast. Again, I'm your host, Carlene Jean-Louis, or was your host. I was your host, curline Jean-Louis. It was a pleasure. And don't forget to turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up.